Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Jay Cross, do you want to learn about MIDI? Oh man, I'm so dumb. I, I, I know that. I know I that. Don't know, I don't know anything about MIDI. I know. Well, good for you that yeah. this week on the Patreon exclusive episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast, yeah. we talked almost to an unbelievably nerdy degree about MIDI and what it can do for your setup, how what pedals use it, what you can do, the history of MIDI. Um, yeah, we did a proper deep dive. We did. And even I, a Luddite, now I'm kind of thinking... Maybe I should get MIDI. Did you know that you could get MIDI on just a regular jack plug? That honestly blew my mind. Complete- I think I said I had my mind blown three or four times during that episode, and I'm still not quite recovered. There was a lot to learn. History of MIDI, how it all works, a real step-by-step guide by Matt Knight himself, um, all over on this week's Patreon episode. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support this podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode early and ad-free. $5 a month gets you access to an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds content every week, as well as the mini-series like Branton's Ranton and all the interviews that we do with people from all around the guitar world. Do check it out, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You also get access to all the previous stuff on there. We've racked up about 80 or 90 hours worth of stuff now, so plenty to listen to. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham. Joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello there. And Jay Cross. That's me. That was a nice uh, little thing there, Matty. Yeah, my, my cat walked in at the same time, so... Oh, he I was, was saying hello to the cat, not to Oh, us. right, okay. So we don't get yeah. the... Nut- oh, yeah, sorry. It, Am I, what am I doing? What, yeah, what, if it had on? just been us, it would have just been the normal, yeah, all right, what's up? But no, the cat... Yeah. Cat makes brings it up to another another level. Talking about uh, another level, it's another week, uh, another Guitar Nerds podcast. No Joe Branton this week um, because we're recording on a Tuesday. Got to apologise uh, to everyone who listens that the podcast is going up a day later than normal. Um, it's because m- me and Jay had to uh, go and win a uh, Twin Peaks pub quiz. We we had busy stuff to do. Busy stuff. So you know there was normal life stuff that got in the way of getting the uh, the podcast. Don't happen often, does it? And we did win the quiz. We so did win the quiz. There was fourteen That's teams. That's the real quiz. That's that is the real well, quiz. Whether you win the quiz over a pub. What have you done? What yeah. have you done? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good. 14 teams and we uh, we finished top. So. We did. It was tense. There was only two points between first and third. We know what everything. What was the about. hardest question? The hardest question was, uh, what was the name of Nora... Uh, what was the pseudonym that Norma Jennings' mother uses when That's she is the there. food critic? That's a bit of a spoiler. Wow, but I suppose I'd never get that. 26 years old. Can you guess, Matty? No. Good. No, I need to rewatch it. Really? It was M.T. Wentz. And uh, yeah, I got that at the last minute and then we won. So it was all good. All good. Well, anyway, so um, yeah, so that's why the podcast has gone up late. And also why Branton's not here because he can never podcast on Tuesdays because he's doing band stuff, I guess. I think uh, so, yeah. He has two uh, band practices. I know, he has two band practices a week. 
It's really full on. That's like... I mean, they, they, they start the song on a Tuesday and then they finish <laughs> it on a Friday. Yeah, that's why he needs to uh, to have the two. He just, In fact, he doesn't work on Wednesdays. He just starts on Tuesday and goes all the way through Wednesday, finishes up on uh, Wednesday night. God, his, uh, what a load of old nonsense. Anyway, so yeah, just the three of us tonight. Loads and loads of news, but I wanted to talk first about what's been happening this week. Matt Knight, you've been on a uh, whistle-stop tour of UK guitar shops. Um, I have indeed. With the, uh, with the Roland and Boss team, is that right? Yes, uh, Mr. Yoshi Ikigami um, and his head of amplifiers and uh, my equivalent in uh, marketing Japan for Boss did... 10, 9, 10 guitar shops in the UK. Um, to some people, that we, sounds like a dream. To others who have worked in guitar shops, a nightmare. It was it was super interesting. I mean, we did, um, let's think here. So we did PMT, Portsmouth, Guitar Village, Anderton's, Stomp Box, which is in North London, which is a cool store, uh, Peach Guitars, PMT Cambridge, Coda, Gack and Guitar Guitar Camden. That's a lot of guitar stores. That's a lot of guitar <laughs> yeah. stores. What was the um what was the coolest thing that you saw? I noticed you put some some nice stuff up on Instagram. Yes, so I went down to um well, there was two things. I went to Coda Music for the first time, which is in Stevenage. They are Europe's biggest Fender custom shop dealer. Right. Um and they had a lot of custom shop. <laughs> it's a tiny store. I mean, it is tiny. Um, you have to walk through this narrow entranceway, which has also got the counter on it, which is like full of pedals. Loads of custom shop stuff. In fact, I don't think they had anything like remotely cheap in there. Then like a whole thing of like Fender custom shops and you go upstairs, loads more PRS, loads of like Gibson Memphis and then loads of like made, they had a made to measure Les Paul, I suppose it was a custom, it was a black aged Les Paul with a mini humbucker in the bridge, a P90 in the neck, and a Bigsby. Of course. Cool. Of like, that's the weirdest guitar. Just like, on like a Les Paul standard. On just, oh, it looked like a Les Paul custom, but it didn't have like the custom inlays. So I'm guessing it was supposed to be like a 70-something Les Paul. Weird. It was, that, was, that was weird, but they had loads of sparkle Fender custom shops, which was quite cool. Um... But yeah, that was a super neat store. And then they also have an acoustic shop, which has like one of the biggest displays of Loudon acoustics. They had like a Loudon acoustic. It was like £9,000. Crikey. I was like, wow, that's that's a lot of money for it. And the th- the f- I, I was saying to the guy, I was like, I can never really buy another acoustic because I've had my acoustic so long. And I just love the way it sounds. I just don't feel as passionately about an acoustic guitar as I do electric guitars. Yeah. I wouldn't even really know where to start as much on an acoustic I think that's kind of the same for all of us and probably most people listening to this is like you spend so much money on the electric guitars, pedals, amps and then acoustics. I reckon most people, again, most people listening to this who are more kind of pedal and electric guitar heavy have probably got 500 quid acoustic guitars, you know, like nothing crazy. But then, you know, that market is propped up by, you know, I guess, would you, do you reckon acoustic guitars are, there's more people that own acoustic guitars and electric guitars yeah, I reckon I'm like def- a, yeah, like, yeah. Say, yeah you know it's the sort so. of thing that a lot of people would just be like oh yeah I've got you know oh, I went and bought a hundred quid acoustic guitar because I wanted to learn and then never learned totally like I bought one for my brother-in-law for a couple of years ago for his birthday yeah um, and he just got like a Fender CD100 acoustic you know like the real basic yeah, style yeah. one and like he uses it a bit but it just sits in the corner of their living room looking quite nice yeah um and I would imagine that story is replicated across a lot of people yeah, in the uh, sure. in the country. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we also then went we went to Guitar Village, which is another store that I, amazingly I'd never been to, but they're a huge. I mean, they've been a they've been a dealer for a long time. And Mark, you probably remember them for the Boss on Mad sale they used to hold. Yeah. Do you remember that every year they did a one Boss on Mad sale or yeah Boss on Mad sale where they do like custom shops at like fifty percent off. Yeah. To yeah, like clear stock. Yeah, it was a proper stock clearance. End of the year, we need to shift some of this stuff. And they would yeah. do like occasionally, you'd get like a pedal for a quid and stuff like yeah. that. 
it was bonkers but that was a cool store because they have loads of amazing vintage stuff they had like a 52 p base in there um they had like a 55 les paul they had a they had a martin acoustic from 1890 crikey how much was that up for five grand that kind of doesn't doesn't seem that expensive yeah yeah but it looked amazing because it's this like tiny parlor classical it had all the documentation relating right back to where it was built and who owned it originally that's a cool thing to own that's, isn't it yeah 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 I guess, I, guess, I guess at that point it would have been custom made for whoever was buying it but no, yeah, I, think, I, I think at that point they was they were um, there was production there was product yeah there was because I obviously you know I've said this in the past I went to the I've been to the Martin factory and um, they do a tour and you can go and um, they've got like a little museum there and I'm pretty sure that at that point there was there was like production runs being made okay um, they were being made like four stores, but you know, yeah, it was. It, there was a point where I can't remember. It, it was so interesting. I, I want to go back and, and check it all out again. But um, take a camera next time, film some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this was like two years ago, three years ago, yeah. I guess. So, but, um, but yeah, it's really good. If if anybody listening is in the the northeast or like you know northern Pennsylvania. Um, or in that area it's not actually that far it's like I reckon a two hour drive from New York okay um, it's really really worth a visit it's super interesting they run tours all day and some of the guitars that they've got there are absolutely nuts um, that one that uh, they smashed up in that film someone, I was talking to someone about um, going to the, the Martin because I only got like a handful of stories because I'm yeah. not that interested yeah yeah I mean people who listen to this podcast know that well of course yeah, we're yeah, probably you know, on Completely, yeah. you know, it's just a rerun. Yeah, probably heard this three or four times. But um, I was talking to someone at work, uh, someone at work this week about um, going to the factory, and they said, like, oh, is that guitar that they smashed up there? And I went, oh, I don't know. And they went, oh, it's a shame. Yeah. I mean, probably isn't there now. They'll probably hide that away. It's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. I mean, it's a, it made major headline news. Well, it? But also the headline was, we're never going to lend a guitar out ever again. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't there. Yeah. <laughs> so that, where was that, Matty? Was that in Guitar Village? That's, that's in Farnham, yeah. So that was that was quite a cool store and, it, and it's like in an, a really old house um, over like a couple of floors. So it's like all the rooms kind of like intertwine stuff. It's really nice. Uh, funnily um, enough, with Guitar Village, I had a, a text from a friend of mine this week who um, was wanted to get a new uh, a new guitar, and he pointed out a um, a telly on the Guitar Village website. He was like, "Oh yeah, like I really like the idea of this. Like, what do you think? I really want something that that's super versatile that will do like." you know like cool surfy sounds but also like i can like really dig into i was like mate like he oh he also said he wanted something really fun to play and i was like mate short scale duosonic hs single coil in the neck yeah humbucker in the bridge um like three hours later he sent me a picture of the duosonic in uh in sonic blue hs that he just bought and nice. like fit the bill perfectly but yeah I, I was saying to him actually i'd never been to that shop and he said it was he said it was amazing yeah it was and they had one brand there that i've only seen once before and it's definitely worth i think maybe talked about it on the podcast at some point Maybach. i've never even Maybach. heard of them oh yeah They're no like- i have heard of them They've got, and I recommend everyone go and check it out on Guitar Village. They do a 59, like, Les Paul copy with P90s in Pelham Blue. Yes. 16.99. It looks amazing. I seem to imagine um, they got a bit of a weird headstock, though. Yeah, that's the only that's the yeah. only slightly off-putting thing, is the headstocks are just a bit... I don't know. I don't know really how to describe it. Not fantastic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, um... um but relic as well, or like lacquer checked, which was quite cool. And you popped into the old homestead of Gak. I did. Um, yeah, before and before that, we did um, Peach Peach Guitars' new store in Colchester, which I think now is potentially the biggest store. They think maybe the biggest store in Europe. Wow, guitar I've... dedicated store. They do nothing but guitars. Eleven rooms. Wow. Yeah, I saw I saw some pictures. They've done it out like a sort of Western st- saloon, haven't they? Yeah, the main room's done out like a Western saloon. It's over... They, they Actually, it's an old warehouse, like an industrial... It's on an industrial state warehouse that they've built an extra level on, done all the floors out, like proper wooden decks, done a huge like upper level, built a stage, um, and yeah, they've got two and a half thousand guitars there. Whew. 
That's a lot of guitars. Including just a dedicated Gibson custom shop room, which was wow. super nice. A dedicated like Fender custom shop room, <laughs> one just for like PRS. They've got a dedicated like pedal room. They've got a boutique amp floor. Um, yeah, and then on the stage is John, who runs the store's collection of uh, vintage Fender amps, which includes two X Gary Moore Super Reverb and uh, Deluxe Reverb. He's got a 52 Les Paul there, a 47 ES1, I think it's 135 or something like that. Crikey. Um, he's got my old telly, 72 telly. He's got 74 Les Paul. And then he was like, oh, this is the newest thing that I've bought. And they pulled out an original, all original 1962 Strat. Wow. Yeah, this is the thing that you put on Instagram that I wanted to talk about. So this is something what that they just got in, right? Um, and what, Sunburst, Rosewood? Sunburst, Laminate Rosewood Board, um, which would, yeah, mean it was after August 61. So yeah, lam- um, Laminate Rosewood Board, quite chunky neck, um, pretty well worn, but not ridiculously well worn, Sunburst. And I mean, it's funny, you just pick it up and you, well, you just look at it and you go, people kind of miss the point in relics because i don't think relic guitars are like they're not really now like originals i know what you mean and people are like oh you know i'd never pay for that and it's like you're actually sort of paying well you are you're paying for a finish you're not paying for like almost like a replica like i think if you bought a collector's choice gibson you are basically buying a replica but like a relic fender it's like it's just nothing like how this 62 was no 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 the, anyway. w- the wearing on a real one is much more subtle yeah. I guess that's why and, I always uh, again we've talked about this so much but I always like closet classic yeah, because of that that seems agreed. so much more <laughs> realistic than the relic stuff so yeah and um, it had one original owner from new wow <laughs> He'd paid £160 for it, and his original receipt was in the case, and it came with the original extra case that he bought with it, but it wasn't a Fender case, it was a Selma case. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it was that was that was pretty amazing, really. He did, said the guy... Did, did you get a chance to plug it in? I did not, no. We were, didn't have enough time, but I did get to um, strum a few chords on it and stuff, which was... Super, How was that neck? Nice. Chunky. Yeah chunky actually i thought it was going to be slimmer but it felt it felt quite thick not as thick as like some of the 50s stuff like remember we had a custom shop 54 in um which was like a replica one they did and that had like a massive baseball bat neck on it but this one was just like thick but not overly like 50s thick i suppose but not stupidly slim like you get some of those 60s slim ones and they're just like just feel a bit weedy yeah no, it felt like an amazing guitar and the guy i think the guy just went do you know what i just want to trade it in you know i've had it for a long time i think it should go to someone else who's going to get more use out of it now than i than i am and i think he just traded it in for a couple of modern bits and some money it's been, been a whole week of vintage guitars because we were in gack at the weekend yeah jan and i popped down there before we went off and uh went into town and um that 64 uh, 64 74 yeah. telly they've got a 74 telly um, like natural finish at the moment oh nice um, and it just like felt really really good it was so we were, we were talking about it uh, with one of the guys in there and like apparently 75 76 is when they start getting really heavy 74 was still good because I used to have the 78 telly that we've talked about a bit and that was a beast yeah this 74 was much lighter I think part of it was that it was natural finish. So there was on the '78, it had like a really thick undercoat of like white undercoat and then a black like top coat on it. Whereas right. this obviously was just lacquered. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the other thing is it still suffered from the same problem as the '78 in that the frets were completely worn down. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't, I, they were kind of like wide flat. I think when they first came out, so they're like quite, yeah, they're wide. But they, I don't think they were ever particularly high. I mean, it, it, it felt to me very similar to your 72, Matty, which was yeah. like, it, it's one of those things where you'd look at it and, and it, it, I saw it and I was like, wow, that looks amazing. I yeah. bet it plays really badly, but I've got to play it. And I picked it up and it played really badly. Well, <laughs> oh, it didn't play badly. <laughs> I thought but it was like, okay. I just like, the, 725 radius, I just can't get into it. Yeah. You know, there's that and there's like, when you try other guitars 
I just, those weird 70s guitars, man. I don't know. It played exactly how I expected it to play, which is like exactly how Matt's played. And I remember feeling exactly the same when I played Matt's, which was like, oh. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was Did good. You? But then, oh, well, but then I really liked that 78 that I had, despite the kind of uh, pancaked frets. That was um, <laughs> always a cool guitar. But yeah, a couple of uh, cool other bits. Well, you know, while I've actually been into a guitar shop this weekend, I should probably talk about the things that we saw. Yeah. Um, Custom shop, fifth no sixties P base relic, green sparkle. Yeah, like, oh, I saw aqua that. Aqua sparkle. Yeah, what a finish! Like I'm kind of toying with the idea of getting a new guitar, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I don't think I want to get a custom shop thing, but if I do, that is the finish. Why don't you just do it? Because okay, well, let's get into this. So. This week, uh, as we've talked about a fair bit, like I've just moved house and I finally got around to setting up the guitar workstation, yeah. slight little office area, but I'm going to use it to play guitar at as well and like record stuff. Um, I want to do some live streaming for the Facebook group uh, and record stuff for YouTube and things like that. And so I've got the Les Paul Junior, which is the thing I generally use on everything. But those P90s acquire a specific sound and I feel like, you know, if I was ever going to do a pedal demo or demo something on my board or whatever... The Junior's not really the best guitar to show that off. So I've got that. I've got the Pink Sparkle Strat, which in, at, at the moment is in the middle of undergoing a transformation for Mod Mode. First video of Mod <coughs> Mode has gone up on the YouTube channel. Do go and check it out. But So shortly, pickups are going to be ripped out of that. Humbuckers are going to go in. I've picked up a five-way switch, so I will have a proper single-coil Fender guitar. But I really want a telly of some description. Now... <laughs> You're going to think this is weird. Okay. I'm, I think I want to spend six to seven hundred pounds. Okay. I don't think I want to get a Baja Telly. Okay. I think what I might get is... Uh, so I want to support a different okay. company. <laughs> I always support Fender. I've got the P-Base. <clears throat> love Fender, obviously. But there's a lot of up-and-coming companies that I really like what they're doing. And I want to buy something a little bit different than just a Telly. Okay. I could just get a Baja Telly. But, or... I've been looking at the Reverend Buckshot, which is a uh, mahogany-bodied uh, bolt-on neck guitar, maple board, with tele pickup in the bridge and uh, what they call the Revatron or something, Revtron, which is a Gretsch-style pickup in the neck. Okay. Um, and <clears throat> they do some really cool colours. They do like a, a lot of butterscotch. They also do like a Daphne blue. The black with the uh, tortoiseshell guard is really nice. Um, they sound absolutely incredible. Tunematic bridge on there. So again, just a little bit different, like real kind of hybrid guitar. Um, so I spent a lot of time looking at demo videos of the uh, of the Buckshot, and I kind of think that's what I want to go for. The my only issue with them because I think there's another friend. I think our friend Tony's got one of these. He's, he's not got one of those. Is he's, he not him? He's got... So they do a few different guitars on that body shape. I think yeah. he's got the... Oh, something else. The, uh, the Agent 5 or something it's okay. called? Or Agent okay. something or other? I The the body is just... No, I like the body. It's weird, I was it? with you. I was, I was kind of with you. But then I've really warmed to it. I've watched a lot of videos. Um, what do you reckon, Matty? Yeah, I think they're great. Just buy one. <laughs> just, just buy one um, and, you know the thing that's really swayed me is obviously we talked a lot about the Billy Corgan over the gear of the year period we did the demo before Christmas talked it's about just it the neck as a, yeah the necks are so good and yeah. this is going to have the same profile it's going to have the same uh, build quality same setup I was just kind of blown away by that Billy Corgan I think in terms of guitars under a grand um that I haven't. I don't think yeah. I've played anything better, you know. And what else am I looking at? You know, like Baja Tellys. Yeah, they're they're really good, and we've always gone on about them. I just don't think I want a Baja Telly. Yeah, I think I want something a bit different, mainly because I'm not a huge fan of Telly neck pickups. Um, yeah, I'm. See, I'm sort of in. As I've said, I'm sort of in the other on the other side. In that, I really need to get a new pickup for my offset. Because the neck pickup sounds great and the bridge pickup... I, I think you're mistaken. You should go back and watch some of the videos that we recorded with the offset telly. It sounds great. Like, I didn't... What, what, the bridge? Yeah. I, and I really... Maybe this is me, you know, and I, I'm sure that... What, where are we? What, we're four years down the line from when we started podcasting yeah, together, roughly? Yeah, yeah, four years. I reckon that 2013 me 
if if I could hear myself now, would be screaming blue murder at me. But I think it's too trebly. What? I know. I know. I know. I know. And I think that may have something to do with the fact that, you know, the treble is now going in my ears. Yeah. um, From, you know. But then you should need it to be more trebly. Maybe, but maybe the the frequencies that do get through are just like, ooh. Painful. Ooh. Painful. So what my options are basically, I really like the look of the Reverend. I also, I was looking at some um, some used stuff on a forum today, and I saw uh, <laughs> early 90s Japanese telly, shell pink. Oh, 500 yes. quid. Oh, yes. It had already gone. Oh, Otherwise, oh, I probably really? would have gone for it. But the thing is, now I know that's out there, I'm like, oh, maybe another one of those will come up. Maybe yeah. I should wait. But, or, I'm, mean, you know, I, I've... You know, we've been in touch with the people at Reverend. I might just see if I can get a deal or see. Maybe uh, see. But see, when, whilst you were talking, and don't get me wrong, everybody needs a telly in their life. Yeah, everybody you know, needs a bosom for a pillow. Well, there's also that, and I know that you've got your squire. I know that that's on its way. But do you remember? Maybe about eighteen months ago, you were you you were like, I think, I think I maybe want a strat. Yeah, I think for what you want it for. You know, doing videos, like getting something that sounds good. Maybe, maybe you should just get a strat. Well, I've got, I've got the strat. I suppose I've got the strat, and the title, the subtitle of Mod Mode Episode One is "Building the Ultimate Strat." Well, okay, so, I guess if you then go and buy like an American Pro or something, it's gonna. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not even that because that guitar ultimately is never going to be as good as something like an American Pro because. Yeah. You know, it's still the Squire body, which we're keeping because of the pink sparkle. Yeah. Um, in fact, we had some comments come up on the video saying, why don't you just buy a Warmoth body? And I looked at what a pink sparkle Warmoth body would cost. Oh, it's so now. expensive. Five, that'd be five, six hundred quid. On and a how, much, how much is that without, before you paid like the tax and then had it shipped I think, over I, here? And how, much and was, how much did you pay for that, Squire? £152. <laughs> um, and actually, some, some stores have actually got those Squires on blowout deals. Why Why would you do that? Why are the people not buying them? I, uh, I don't know. So, yeah, so that's the uh, that's the plan for the Strat. And I'm going to put... I've got those Fletcher pickups, which um, got sent to us about a year ago, and I've never done anything with them, with the whole idea they're going to go in this thing, and we're going to do the five-way switch and have a super, um, like, versatile guitar. But I kind of just want something I can plug in and instantly have, like, a telly sound. Yeah. And that buckshot sounds great. It's mahogany body, so that's a little different from yeah, yeah. the usual... Um, but they sound fantastic. So I'll tell you what, Sterling, James Valentine. Yeah, I mean, that's always... But then it's going back to P90s again. Oh, no, they're just a single coil, aren't they? It's a single like coil, a single coil, in, the coil in the bridge. And a in the neck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. So lots of choices. More news on that one next week, I reckon. Going to do a, bit, you, um, a bit of digging. One, one last thing, like, talking of, of modding and parts that I saw this week. And I'm like, I, I definitely... I kind of want one, but it'd have to go on the SG. Duesenberg makes something called the Les Trem. Okay. Which is the Duesenberg Trem system that retrofits onto a Les Paul by replacing the bridge and the stop tail with just their parts. Oh, okay. So when you say... So you, th- take, off the ta- you take off the saddles. Yeah. Right. So imagine a Les Paul or a, or a Gibson SG. You take off the, the saddle part unscrew it so you've got two post like holes you take off the stop tail yeah. and then the two studs and then you basically re- drop in this Duesenberg system which gives you new saddles and then a hard well a stop tail system that doubles up as a trem so you get a Duesenberg trem arm and the saddle as well does it go down as far as the strap lock does it like go to like a like a maestro style um, like, is it is it long? And is the trim unit long, or does it just sit roughly in the same place as the? No, it sits. It just just, looks just like, replaces those four holes. Yeah, it just. Oh, sits, right, no, wow. it doesn't. You don't have to drill anything. No, 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 you no, literally no, no, no. Just drop them in. But it just looks like a normal Gibson hardtail system, apart from the stop tail section is slightly larger, and it's got a trim arm coming out. Weird. Of it. That sounds well worth investigating. I was like, I was like, should I just try one? They're not much money. To, to They're put, like 60 quid. Do you want a trem on your SG that you tune down to drop B flat oh, Actually, no, I've, re, I've restrung it with 11s. It's in standard now. Yeah, good lad. Come back to the light side. Um, but I was just like, it might just be quite a cool thing to, to get and do a video on. Yeah. Because it's like, there's no, there's no like modding involved, basically. You just 
pop this on instead of the stop tail and there you go do it Matty sounds like a, something I'd be willing to watch 100% should we um should we talk of new things should we dive into the new <coughs> new no I need to go closer yeah yeah and lower <coughs> news I, I can't do it, just, it he's got so just much more he's got so much more girth he does than you. he does I, I just <coughs> I'm not feeling... It's definitely more girthy. I'm also not feeling 100% right now. I can now, tell so by the coughing into the microphone. Sorry. News. That wasn't bad. That was not bad. I, you know, I've never, pre- I've never, I've never pretended that I'm a, uh, that I'm, that I'm Joe Branton. No. Thank God. Well. There can only be one. That, I tell you what, if, okay, listeners, if you're not, I know we bang on about this every week, but if you're not, on the Facebook group today what? I think was the the single weirdest thing I've ever seen on there where someone put up a picture that they found that like a still it's a screenshot of something they were watching a screenshot from a Norwegian crime drama with a creepy geezer hiding behind a car or something he's like getting into the car and he looks exactly like Joe Branton yeah like 100% because they posted it up and they were like oh look he's moonlighting again and I like it just looked I, like I, him. I had to stare at it for like a, pr- a full minute, being like, "That is him, isn't it?" Yeah, yeah. Do check it out facebook.com forward slash groups forward Very slash weird. guitar nerds. Forward. Anyway, sorry, news. Indeed, first bit of news. Um, Doctor Z amplification have announced the EMS. Matty, you're a big Doctor Z fan. What's going on? I am. Uh, yeah. So the next in the range of um, Doctor Z amps and a slightly. I suppose in a way different look for them they are definitely nodding their heads to Marshall uh, black Tolex gold piping um, and actually that yeah that is effectively what it's based on um, two EL34 50 watt with um, tube or solid state uh, rectifier valve and this, but they're basically going for that kind of classic 70s Marshall sound um, master well non-master volume I know, actually, no, master volume because it's got a gain control. Sorry, yeah. So, uh, gain, volume, tone stack, presence, and then you've got like a sensitivity switch as well. Um, just looks like a really nice amp. I think maybe it's probably got a little less top end than some of their kind of more classic ones like the Maz 18. And a lot of their other designs tend to go much more down that kind of bright American sort of fender route. So, I think this is going much more for the kind of British sort of martial crunch slightly more mid-heavy uh, um, nod to the sort of the JTM 45 interesting they've gone down that route because like you say I kind of associate them with kind of clean and crisp uh, punchy uh, American style tone so yeah interesting that they're kind of wading into that much thicker sort of British yeah. sound but they're, they're I mean you know I've had a few Doctor Z's in my time and they've added a lot more to their range than they had maybe six or seven years ago but I think the great thing for me is that they're still so affordable yeah uh, do we know what we're looking think, at for the EMS I don't at the moment but I mean worth checking out maybe Peach Guitars they are the only dealer in the UK if you're based in the UK um, and the prices to me have always seemed really really reasonable I think the only ones that seem slightly unreasonable are the really small ones they do like an 8 watt amp and it's like a thousand pounds which i'm like that is expensive yeah but then the kind of 18 and the 36 aren't too much hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Much away from, from that. So they're definitely, if you've never tried one, they're definitely a brand worth checking out. And if you don't want the sparkly Fender-esque sounds, then I'd say the EMS might be an amp to check out. And you can uh, customize the Tolex, is that right? Yeah, they they normally do um, like cream, black, and red, but I don't know if they've announced that they're doing those colours on that. I've only seen the black one so far. Okay, okay, be cool to have a sort of red Marshall-y type amp. I think that'd be uh, yeah, be awesome. awesome. Because actually, I don't know whether maybe they will offer it in the silver because they actually do an amp called the Z Rec, which they offer in a cool like Marshall Silver Jubilee kind of finish. Nice. Nice. Jay, do you want to tell us about the Matthews Effects Alchemist? Sounds like a cool little box. Yeah, so the um, the Alchemist will allow you to um, split your mono signal into stereo or will allow you to consolidate a stereo signal into mono, which um, I think seems like a, a really neat little feature for if... For example, you're the sort of person that's running like Strymon pedals and you normally run in a full stereo rig, but you show up to a show and, you know, maybe one of your amps has stopped working or maybe there's only one amp for you to plug in or you don't want to have to rewire your entire board. Yeah, or you do like, yeah, two styles of gigs. Completely. Let's say you do a covers band where you've got the luxury of having two amps and you do like a uh, originals band that you can only have one amp on stage. Exactly. And yeah, you know, it takes up, it's a small profile pedal, um, just like a Moore size uh, chassis they're about 80 quid which I think is uh, pretty reasonable if you know that's exactly the sort of thing that you need it to be um, you know if it fills that fills that void um, yeah and I think what's, yeah. what's I think what's cool about it is that if you've got like a mini pedal board that's just got a mono in and out just a great thing to just split your signal without having to add a clunky because some people want an ABY but just always leave it in the Y position so yeah. this is great for just splitting, just having dual mono or having a clean sound or two crunchy amps at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there anything you could do with it, like running weird loop setups on your pedal boards? Like, could you have like two loops going then some into mono? Um, maybe. Cause you could run. I suppose what you could do. But then again, if you're running two loops and some into mono, it kind of wouldn't make any sense. Well, unless you then reconsolidated them at the end of the Because then you might as well run everything. Unless you wanted to run stuff in parallel. Yeah. Because effectively, you could do that. You could buy... You could... Here we (laughs) go. You could buy two... Yeah, you could buy two of them. Plug your guitar into one, split it into two, run two separate signal chains, and then sum those back into mono... And then technically you're running them in parallel, not in series. That Yeah, so basically instead of running, for example, all your fuzzes into your modulation, into your delays, yeah. you could run one line of fuzzes and then and one line of everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, then s- reconsolidate the two signals into one without it, without the yeah. fuzzes interfering with the... Because, yeah, I wonder if that would work. I guess it... That would be a really interesting audio experiment yeah because actually that is a cheap way of yeah running basically running things in parallel which there isn't really on the anything on the market that kind of allows you to do that yeah well there we go we've just maybe i should maybe i should contact them and say look can we want to do some can we have something two? ridiculous <laughs> yeah can we li- please look, listen two? we're not asking you to send us one we're asking you to send us two <laughs> um, can we uh can we do something yeah that'd be cool i hadn't really until I just thought of it, I hadn't really thought about the, the way that could work. It seems like a bit of a just general utility pedal, which I'm kind of into. You know, there's so many companies out there that do, here's our latest fuzz or here's our latest delay or, you know, whatever it is. And there's, mm. of course, there's a place for that. But um, someone's got to do these utility pedals to make the whole thing actually work. And yeah. as far as I understand, Matthew's pedals make some great stuff. Yeah, that sounds um, really, really yeah. cool. Um, so, and, also, um, what's interesting with it is it's got independent input and output buffers. Okay. Um, so yeah, you can 
switchable. Uh, it doesn't say. I assume so. I assume you can turn them off. If they're independent, then presumably you'd be able to... Maybe there's a dip switch inside that allows you to... Yeah, that's quite a weird way of wording it. Independent. We'll do some more digging. Yeah. Do you know roughly how much? $90, 90 bucks. So, okay. like, not huge money, you know. Yeah, I mean... It, thing with the utility pedals is Im- it's a lot for something would- that essentially doesn't make any sound but it's also if it fits the bill of what you were talking about with regards to you know having um one pedal board for two different styles of music completely if it saves you from spending an hour an hour each week rewiring your pedal board yeah, then, yeah. you know top top banana definitely definitely i would um i was just gonna say i don't think they are switchable purely because if you're going stereo to mono or mono to stereo you usually need some sort of active signal to effectively split it right right because i think if you do it passively it doesn't work so i remember talking to james at bright onion about this when he did a similar box for me at one point right um, okay that makes so sense yeah, think, actually yeah that makes sense and so also you- i suppose you have won it because then it allows you to drive two lots of cables to amps with a buffer so you don't get any signal loss yeah 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 um talking about pedals there's a whole lot this week to uh, to rattle through in terms of news who wants to tell me about the j rocket iq compressor yeah i i thought this was an awesome we, we talk a lot about compressors i think it's one of those pedals that kind of keeps coming up because we like either leaving them on all the time or we like how much kind of squash it gives us and we've talked about the boss one versus the pulp and peel and then you've got real vintage like the bright onion um baking powder which a few people have been talking about on the group um the last few days this one from j rocket is effectively a compressor with pre-compression eq that effectively allows you to tailor the frequencies that you want compressed okay so the eq comes slightly before the compressor and then it just like normal graphic eq but those frequencies that you're boosting boosting i think are then more heavily affected by the uh, the compressor that makes sense so you're putting eq in the front end and boosting let's say the mid-range and then because yeah. that's boosted in the pedal that's what will get compressed yeah and then you can mix the dry signal with the compressed signal so there's a mix control on there as well ah, okay so yeah okay that makes sense so you're running just your because i was thinking that that's going to sound a bit weird because obviously if you're compressing one particular frequency then you're probably going to lose the other bit so if mm. you boost the if you boost the mids and then compress them then it's going to do weird things to the treble and bass but if you can also blend in the dry signal to counteract yeah. that the um, I, the that I, sounds cool the, I, the idea is that you the frequency that you want to be compressed harder but it's based on the respective gain setting so okay. yeah and then so imagine if you want to really compress the the top end for like solos but then you kind of want to mix in some of the dry signal so you get some of the the bass and and middle i think that's that's great and they're following this format a bit more there was the steve stevens archer which had the um eq in as well so maybe we'll see a few more pedals like this but i definitely want to try and get my hands on one of those because that looks like a, a cool pedal to kind of mess around with definitely definitely um jay do you want to tell me about the earthquaker devices eruptor fuzz no okay why do you not want to tell me about it because matt wants to tell you about okay, it okay fine you're, done, you're, like, you're breaking the mystery of us actually doing research well, I mean, on these things. We, we did, you we did talk about I it earlier. I can't remember. I've got a lot of... My head's full of Twin Peaks, sort of like, <laughs> you know, for the quiz. Um, Weird knowledge. 51,201. That's the population of Twin Peaks. Yeah. Crammed that all into the brain hole. That must have been the first question, surely. No, it wasn't on there. I literally I had to... I looked that up, remembered it. Looked at, like, what are the uh, Hayward sisters called? None of that came up, but we still won, so it's all good. Anyway, Matt, tell me about the Earthquaker Eruptor Fuzz. Yes, um, so the newest um, one-control fuzz from uh, Earthquaker, following on from their Acapulco Gold, which was based on the Model Sun T. Uh, This is a fixed output level, fixed gain fuzz pedal. Okay, what does the knob do in that case? bias okay so the more you turn it up the more because effectively bias is like that voltage sag sort of thing um so the more you increase the bias the more sort of additional harmonics you're putting on top of the the signal producing like i suppose a tighter fuzz with more output and longer sustain 
and then as you dial it back you kind of get uh that weird sort of spongy saggy kind of gated that kind buzz. of sort of broken sound basically yeah um i just it looks like such a cool pedal and the demo video that i saw recently was like you can even turn it into a synth i was like okay i'll have a listen and it was someone using that and something else to do the stranger things soundtrack nice not exactly the same but just like kind of that sort of synthy kind of fuzzy sort of sound on it and it sounded great i was like this is a cool pedal and they i don't think they're a lot of money they're like one four nine dollars i think i'm sure that's how much the other one was but i think just great as a kind of i want to mess around with a fuzz pedal but sometimes fuzz pedals the controls can be so interactive and you're just like you lose a sound really quickly this one's like how do i want it really sagged or do i want it like totally like chunky which is generally kind of how people would use them anyway because they'll set the level to balance it out they'll yeah. set the gain so there's kind of like enough and then most people will use a kind of bias or eq to actually set the sound that they're getting so it makes sense to just remove everything yeah. else and uh, just put it on, all on one control i'm into it as- yeah and i think usually there's some sort of internal trim pot that i think you can use for output gain usually um i was just trying to have a look to see if i if I could have a look, but I think everything is kind of almost set on that, unless they've kind of worked out a way to just always have it at unity gain, but, and then your volume on your amp kind of then does all the work at that point. Yeah. Interesting. We'll, uh, again, we'll do a bit more uh, deep dive onto that. Jay Cross, do you want to tell me about one last pedal before we actually talk about a guitar this week? Um, <laughs> the BSM galaxy 1011. Yeah. So, so- Okay, so... This sounds like something out of Star Trek. So, you know how, um, like, last year... You know how how last year and the year before were all about... Well, like, last year was all about sort of amp in a box. Yeah. And, like, replicating, like, a great... And then all of a sudden, the um, uh, the 385 came along. We were like, hang on a sec. This is like an amp in a box, but it's a... Projector. Projector in a box. Let me introduce you, please... To a lump of cheddar cheese. No, okay. let me introduce you to the first, as far as I'm aware, Mike Preamp in a box. So this, uh, the B- the BSM model Galaxy 1011 is based on um, an old um, Iwa, I think is how you pronounce it. A-I-W-A, um, Mike Preamp that Richie Blackmore used in the mid-70s right? as a way to um, essentially as like a boost and drive unit for his, uh, for his strap. And um, he was using it as a, like, in the same way that we would use a drive pedal now, like, if you turned up the gain then it made the pickup sound like crunchy and full and warm. But if you turned up the level, then it just gave everything a really nice warm sound, which apparently was something that, you know, guitar player they really struggled with. Yeah. Um, because there wasn't as much as many sort of tone shaping options and stuff like that that they had. Um, so it sounds really interesting. Really, really weird. It looks fantastic I mean it, it looks well Star Trek yeah it does look super Star Trek really weird um, um, really weird like chassis design as well so the switch is actually at the top of the unit not at not the like at the, but like it's, it's counter it's in the same position as if you turned a normal pedal upside, upside down. down yeah um, and the controls are either side and yeah, it's just an all-round odd design. It just looks like someone's gone, right, all the fonts that you can think of, Yeah, put them on it. it yeah, says there are three, first, four, it says five first, different typefaces, typefaces. It says first special no, booster. finest. Oh, finest special <laughs> booster. My yeah. first special yeah, booster. Yeah, hang on, looking at this again, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different typefaces on this pedal. Yeah. Um, it's expensive as well. Go on, three hundred dollars. What? Whoa. So, you know, essentially, it's. I mean, it, by the sounds of things, it's like a um, like a boutique drive pedal. You know, um, it also uh, apparently comes with um, a and I quote Marshall mods kit. Okay, uh, so presumably 
you can open it up and do get some play mod, around with it and get some get some martial sounds out of it as well. But wow. um, how weird? Yeah, really, really interesting. I I admit, I, and I've realised that this is kind of sacrilege. I don't know a huge amount about Richie Blackmore. No, I know that there's uh, that he did Blackmore's Night, which was the band afterwards where he does sort of folky stuff and he wears a little pixie hat. Right. But I don't know much about him. Okay. I know that he plays a Strat. Yeah. And I think a bazooki in Blackmore's Night. Oh, does he? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so uh, for, I think this is likely to be um, a Blackmore fan memorabilia piece as much as it is anything else. Yeah. 18 volt as well, so super headroomy. Always useful. Completely. Always useful on the board. Um, let's wrap up the new segment by actually talking about a guitar. Um, this one popped up into my sort of news feed this week um, and I couldn't not talk about it because the shape and the concept behind it is so mad. This is the Pinter Instruments SB1J Jazz Junior. Yeah, so I did a little bit looking. I, Pinter is a company that I haven't really come across before. No. Um, they are German. I th- no, they're American. They are American. Apologies. No, the pedal. The pedal's German. That's where what I'm, the BSM. The BSM. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's where I'm getting mixed up. So Pinter are from California, and um, they make a bunch of different guitars, but they're all the same body shape. Okay, which is a bit weird. So they do. Um, I'm sort of into that. I like that kind of brand identity. It's the same thing with the uh, the reference stuff. Like most of their guitars have the same body uh, shape. The same shape. Yeah. So what's what's really cool about um, Pinter is they do. Um, so they've currently got five models in the lineup. Um, one for each genre of music that okay. you could possibly play. So there's one for each genre of music that you would ever play. So you know when you're feeling a little bit twangy, you've obviously got the SB1C, the country. Yep. Uh, when you're feeling super jazzy, you've got the SB1J. Yep. When you're feeling, you know, ultra rocking and you want your yellow guitar, yep. um, you've got the SB1R. Um, when you're feeling, you know, especially folky, you've got the uh, SB2, which is a 12-string. Right. And then, of course, everyone's favourite genre, um, SB1S, sport. Oh, yeah, I like sport music. Sport is my, is my favourite genre of music. I, I like actually. sport videos. Sport videos, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, the thing that I really like about this is everything appears to have been um, sort of custom made for this uh, for this guitar. So really weird shape. And if you're not into the shape, then this brand aren't going to be for you because, as I say, there's, <laughs> no, there's no other options. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, older body um, maple neck with Pal Ferro fretboard. So a sort of dark. Um, Rosewood, Rosewood yeah, absolutely. Um, Twenty-four point seven five scale length, um, but yeah, the pickups have been designed by uh, Righteous Sound pickups, so specifically for this guitar. Um, the case is where did I see that? Ba-ba-ba-ba. The case is I've lost it. Uh, oh yeah, Protec Contigo again, specifically designed for this guitar. And also, the strings are, from what I can tell, maybe designed specifically for this guitar. This was the thing that caught me, and actually I didn't do as much reading on the brand as you did, but it's kind of um, customising it specifically for a genre. Yeah, really interesting. So super jazzy. Now, the strings that come with this guitar are uh, German-made strings by the company Optima. And um, the on on the uh, on this they are ten to forty nine. I think it was that I saw um, ten to forty nine. Yeah, ten to forty nine. Which is really funny because when you go on the uh, Optima Strings uh, website, they offer three different gauges of go strings. On. They offer extra light, which is elevens, okay. <laughs> light and mediums. Okay. And, uh, you know, this is what like... What are the gauges on those? Uh, 12, so 11 12 to 49, 12 to 54, and, uh, you know, of course, your medium gauge of string, 13 to 56. Yeah. So the 10s that are on this guitar aren't even on their website. Right. Probably because, you know, they would they, they couldn't bear to sully themselves by uh, having such um, are they not, accessible string gauge. Are they not just following acoustic conventions? Because 13s are a medium on acoustics, aren't they? Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, it's uh, it's fun to look at things through our uh, electric guitar bubble. Indeed, indeed. So what pickup's in there? There's a humbucker and a single coil. Yeah, it? humbucker in the uh, bridge and single coil in the neck. Um, they look really, really cool. Does it only come in green? It does not only come in green. You can also get it in, uh, you can also get it in black. 
and you can get it in one other color that I can't remember. Cream, is it maybe? Uh, warm gray. <laughs> so the three colors are. <laughs> They're all quite drab, aren't they? Midnight noir. <laughs> Warm grey and this green, which is would be green. Okay, okay. He would be you green. You can't make grey any warmer. Grey is just grey. Yeah. And what's the price point? Two and a half big ones. But they're custom made, is that right? That well, as far as I can tell, yeah. I mean, they're custom designed for. They they appear to be handmade. I think. Let's go with yeah. Sure. Okay, good, good. But um, yeah, I, like a brand that I've not heard of before, and um. This looks cool. I'm into it. It's I like, actually, for weird, as you know, as weird guitars go, I really like that body shape. My only thing, the thing that really winds me up on any of these custom guitars is they've put their name on the body. Like They have, yeah, ne- you're where right. Where the neck joint is, there's the logo. Just don't do it. Yeah. If you're building custom guitars and you're listening to this, don't put your logo anywhere on the face of the guitar, on the front, on on the body. It looks bad. It's always looked bad. Don't do it. Don't do it. I tell you what, the um the country model looks really cool. Yeah, um, it does look so really good. The country model um is obviously the same body shape, two humbuckers, and uh, the three colours that this comes in is baby blue, which isn't what you would, uh, when I think of a baby blue guitar, I think of like a uh, Dan Electro DC fifty nine. Um, it also comes in fuchsia nice. and artichoke heart. Okay, good. Good <laughs> yeah. selection of colours. Weird, um, weird to go for two humbuckers on a country model. That, exactly what I was thinking as well. They must have, be core taps. They must be. I guess so. Surely. And obviously the uh, rock model is uh, what looks like a Floyd Rose. Um, and isn't the sport one Floyd Rose as well? The sport, I think, is Floyd as well. Maybe it's not Floyd, actually. Oh, I like it, though. One humbucker. Beautiful. Yeah. But again, I just can't get around the fact they've put their logo on the, the body. The logo on the body is is maybe a hard pass for me as well. Terrible. Oh, it's, it's, it also comes in uh, everyone's favourite shade of purple, deep purple. Nice, <laughs> nice. And then we come back right back around to uh, what we were talking about earlier. Shall we? Uh, do, we've got a little bit of time left to dive oh. into some <clears throat> questions. I just don't have the like vigor about. I don't. You. I don't, but I'm not. I, I'm not as vigorous as he is anyway. Am I? Question. Nah. See, that sounds. I can't even go as no. low. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's dive in some questions. Uh, let's pick out one that is. Um, let's do. Okay. Okay. So Vi says, "Does anyone here have an experience slash some thoughts about the Tokai Love Rock Les Pauls or Tokai guitars in general?" I recently got myself a Love Rock Les Paul, and I'm pretty satisfied with it. It's an awesome instrument for the money. Matt Knight, what's your experience with Tokai stuff? Um, I don't know much about their history and where they're made now, but I know that they've varied in factories for the last sort of 20 years or so. And about eight years ago, I nearly bought a friend of mine's Tokai Love Rock Les Paul. Um, it was like a natural quilt one, and it was amazing. And I think he paid... I think he paid about eleven or twelve hundred for it at the time, so it's definitely one of the the higher end ones. And it was just a great guitar. And yeah. I think my general experience is, apart uh, alongside that one, I've played a couple other older <laughs> ones, like more of the Les Paul style ones, and they've all been really nice. Yeah. Um, but I've never really known much of their like background. Um, I think is the thing. I don't, I've never kind of really looked at specs or where they come from or how they came to be um i've never i've played one of the strat ones and i wasn't as impressed as the um less pool type ones but i think if you can find an old one i think they're generally all considered to be pretty good like japanese built ones definitely so it's my understanding and i'm sure mark will correct me if i'm wrong here but it's my understanding that tokai was originally put together as a way for ibanez to not get sued and lose everything by copying um i'm not sure that's true guitars i'm not sure that's i'm true. sure that was the the I origin think they of the company are separate from that but we should maybe actually spin this out into a bigger podcast but i mean what i will say is in terms of like quality stuff um and my experience <laughs> with them is that so long long ago um gak when i first started working there took on tokai um as a brand and we'd already played or myself and some of the other staff there kind of knew the history of the brand and obviously really liked the japanese stuff and the vintage stuff you'd occasionally get 
you used to see more of the kind of 70 stuff and 80 stuff kicking about and the Les Pauls are fantastic Japanese built uh, you know perfect guitars basically perfectly built um, and we had in uh, from time to time the second hand uh, even the Fender copies so the springy sound and the breezy sound I think are the two I think it strat is the springy sound and telly is the breezy sound right. i think um but also the basses the hard puncher is the p bass <laughs> um and they were always awesome in fact i almost bought a hard puncher back in the day uh as a like a p bass um just a second bass to have because it was five four five hundred quid japanese built really nice early 80s probably p bass so then we uh took on the brand and we got some of the Korean and Chinese stuff in and were severely underwhelmed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> really, really disappointed by the build. At the time, this was probably early 2000, so it would have been like 2003, 2002, 2003, probably. Um, at the time, they were similar price to like Epiphone, maybe a bit more expensive, and they weren't as good at the time, which I think was kind of very disheartening for all of us because we expected it to come in and be like... You have that sort of nostalgia you know, trip on them. Well, yeah. completely, com- completely. And to be honest, I never got to try a modern Japanese one, so I can't actually speak to the quality of the modern ones. Well, I've I, um, al- well I was going to say, Matt, I've also heard that the quality of the Korean and the other Far Eastern ones that they're making, I don't know if they're Indonesian or Chinese, um, I've heard the quality on those is now, like, fantastic. So, yeah, my experience is from back in the day uh, was the Korean stuff and the um, I think it was Chinese at the time stuff wasn't fantastic but I've heard now that it is very very good for the money yeah I was, I was just actually just doing a little bit of um, of research here's a here's a strange strange fact the Tokai factory um, surprisingly I didn't know this is actually in or the headquarters is in Hamamatsu which is also where the Boston Roland headquarters is, which is also where the Yamaha um, uh, like HQ is, and also Kawaii, who are the other like Japanese piano manufacturer. Yep. Um, but they also, their factory, the Tokai factory, produced Fender Japan and solid models, solid body models from 1997 until 2015. So anything with crafted in Japan on was built in either that factory or the Dainagaki factory. Well, oh, right, there, there we, we go. go. There we go. Top time um, making some but stuff. They've actually been making replicas since 77. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and... That's it, pretty mental, but Love Rock came in in 1980. Yeah, yeah. I always hear so. really good things about them, and like I said, the vintage stuff that I've played, very good. The original, I think, um, cheaper range wasn't fantastic, but from what I hear now, they're much, much improved um, and kind of... I think they're just difficult to get now, I well, think. It's just, I mean, I just went on the Tokai website and it just says it is under construction. Right. Is there a little under construction gif of a little man digging with a pickaxe or something? Uh, yeah, classic. I think the website's probably not been updated since 1999. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> with that, we should um, we could call this an evening. Uh, if you want to hear more Guitar Nerds, we're going to go and record a Patreon episode. This week, actually, um, the Patreon episode is from something that got sent into the Facebook group by Stuart, who said, after a chat with some fellow nerds yesterday, I'm now looking into MIDI pedals. The Boss DD500 has taken my eye. What exactly can I do with MIDI I'm a complete noob. I have a switcher that is MIDI compatible. So what I thought we'd talk about in the Patreon episode this week is MIDI, history of MIDI, uh, what MIDI pedals are out there now, uh, what MIDI switches are out there now, what you can do with MIDI, what you can't do with MIDI, um, and generally how it all works. Uh, Matt, I'm sure there's going to be plenty for you to talk about. I was going to say, oh, it's, sure. it's a good job that this is no longer a um, a video podcast because Matt Knight just uh, I think his head just exploded yeah. with how excited he is about uh, talking about MIDI. He Everyone is. loves MIDI. Got MIDI. We've still got to do that t-shirt. We've still got to do the Got MIDI t-shirt. <laughs> got MIDI. If you want to hear that patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as $1 a month you can support this podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular podcast early and without any ads. Uh, $5 a month gets you extra half an hour of guitar nerds podcast content every week plus access to the interviews that we do with 
uh, the interviews that Matt does with various pedal builders and I interview people doing weird guitar st- or niche guitar stuff on the internet Jay you're probably going to be doing some band stuff at some yeah. point uh, interviewing bands about their gear um, plus you also get access to Joe Branton's miniseries uh, the Branton Ranton um, and some other miniseries stuff that we've got in the pipeline as well plus if you sign up you can always access all the previous content so there's like 80 hours or something worth of stuff on there there's plenty to uh, to keep going too much if anything too much we're giving you too much stuff basically we're, we're giving it away we are indeed well and- there's also a final tier, the $10 tier, um, which at the moment is fully subscribed to, but do keep an eye because spaces do crop up from time to time. Um, if you do that, you get all the other stuff that we just mentioned, plus you get your name read out like this. Derek Bridge, Chris Connors, Andy Joy, Steve McCall... It's Blair Toms, Carlos Mancha, Andrew Marco, Mark Cross, J.D. Shaw, Annie McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfrey, Anne Walclare, Scott O'Brien, and McQuine, Phil Thompson, Laurie Anstis, Moog Gravit, and we have... We all live in a Colin Anderson world, a Colin Anderson world, a Colin Anderson world. We all live in a Colin Anderson world, a Colin Anderson world, a Colin Anderson world. That was the best one we've ever done, <laughs> and Joe Brandon's not here to experience it. Um, I do just want to say thanks to people who sent in uh, music uh, with Joe Branton exclaiming that he's never going to buy a guitar ever again. My word. The, uh, the only one I've heard is the one that Moog sent through, yeah. and it was utterly utterly incredible we also got another couple um, what I'm going to do is I'm not going to put them in this episode because obviously Joe's not here next week I think I'm going to put one as the opening theme and one as the closing theme um, and if you do want to send them in do if you don't know what we're talking about go and listen to last week's episode Joe made a claim that he was never going to buy any more bases <laughs> again which is we all know Moog's was so good it, we all know that is utter bullshine <laughs> and um, Joe will be buying other bases so I wanted someone to, I wanted people to capture that Put it into a catchy little song, and blimey, I was overwhelmed by the quality of the stuff that we got. So you'll be hearing all those next week. Um, I didn't want to do it this week because uh, Joe's not here. So uh, the other things you can do, join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum, where you can chat about the show and submit questions and all that good stuff. Um, and you can also follow us on Twitter at guitar nerds and Instagram at guitar nerds. Uh, you can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash guitar nerds. You can go to YouTube, youtube.com forward slash guitar nerds videos. Whew. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. Thanks, gang. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.